Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. My co-host is Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for over 20 years, the past president of the AANA, the NCANA, and she's held many other leadership roles in the association. Our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs. We recently went on a podcast recording blitz at the ANA meeting in Chicago. We conducted lots of interviews with some of the industry's most interesting people. Well, Sharon, our last one. We saved the best for last in our taping schedule here. We did. We did. We've got a great guest in the house. And of course, we're in Chicago at the ANA Annual Congress. But this is the last one. This is number 17 for us in two days. And we held up very well. We have. I think we still look great. But I do think we saved the best for last. <laughs> Joining us is Mr. Chris Betton. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Jeremy. It's you, good to be here. You've Sharon. been on before, but you've not been with us. Yes, yes. Last time you were remote. In person this time. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, Chris, tell us a little bit about you and your background, because most of our listeners probably know you or know who you are, but give us a little bit of information on you. Okay. Happy to do that. I have been the Senior Director of Strategic Communications, or variations on that, for 21 years with the AANA. And in that time, done PR and marketing and publication, production, and a, a wide range of different services for the membership of the profession and the association. But... But, but, yes, there's always a but. Point, there is a but. I think uh, the ANA is going to be losing you soon to yep. start on a new endeavor. Yep. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, 21 years under my belt. It's been an incredible run, but I am going to be leaving at the end of September and starting up my own public relations company. I'll be doing PR and editorial services, media training, and I'm hoping to continue to do some work for our state associations on a contract basis, yeah, as would, well as other clients. I would think that'd be a natural fit for you. Yeah. 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 Great. So listeners out there, if you need help in that arena, call Chris. Sounds yes. like a plan. Yeah, we'll put his contact information in the show notes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll be talking about spokesperson training today, and I used to go out and do training with Chris many moons ago but you know states need this training so I'm glad that you're going to kind of bring this back to the forefront because you know physicians do not interview very well nurses do interview very well but there are things that you need to know there are tips tricks techniques and I 
hired you to come down to North Carolina oh, yeah. many years ago and do media training for our board of directors, and we went in together with the Virginia Association. Yep. So a lot of states used to do that, go in together and get yeah. us to come down and do the spokesperson training. And so I'm happy to know that you're going to start doing that again. That's so exciting. So Very Chris, excited about it, yes. How do you deal with the media, and why is this so important to CRNAs? Well, you know, there's a variety of reasons why it's important to CRNAs. First of all, it promotes and advances the profession. When I came on board 21 years ago, I bought in instantly to what CRNAs are about and the value that they provide to the U.S. healthcare system. I've watched them work many times. And delivering our message effectively through the media, in interviews, and these skills that we're going to talk a little bit about today are also great for giving testimony, negotiating. I call them life skills. But being able to deliver your message as clearly and succinctly as possible is critical. You're exactly right. So most CRNAs don't see themselves as candidates to do interviews. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think every CRNA is a candidate. I mean, we're talking about very motivated very courageous, very educated and articulate people. But it's not for everybody. It's definitely not for everybody. I had a student, a former board member, who really just didn't care for the media training experience. Mm -hmm. And after the training, she apologized to me that she felt she had done so poorly. Then about a month later at a meeting, she comes up to me and she goes, you know, we were at the State House. And there was a crew there, um, Mm -hmm. a TV crew, and they wanted to know if I would do an interview on air, live. And you know what? I just kind of stopped for a minute and said, yeah, I can do that. And so she banged out this interview, uh, summoning up all of her media training skills, and very important, very important. So what are some scenarios besides the one you just talked about that CRNAs might find themselves in where they might be called on to be interviewed. Sure, Sharon. There's a lot of different scenarios. On the really negative end of the scale, there's the bad outcome. Oh, um, the misquote. Yeah, yeah. There's the criminal activity, like diversion. You're on your board of directors, or you work at the hospital, and the media wants to ask you questions about very difficult situations like that. A social issue, possibly legislative and regulatory matters affecting your state. And, you know, stuff as simple and benign as CRNA week. Well, Chris, in this environment, it seems that reporters and the news media out there really these days have a bad rap. Yeah. And I think it's probably behooving most of our listeners to understand, one, why that is, and two, how to deal with reporters these Mm -hmm. days. Can Mm -hmm. you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Interestingly, I do public relations now, but my degree is in journalism. So I actually was a reporter for a few years. It was a specialized publication in real estate. So it wasn't like the Chicago Tribune or anything. But (laughs) um, yeah, I think what people need to understand about reporters, despite everything that's being said, you know, at the national and, and local levels about fake news and all that stuff, is that reporters, by and large, are really not out to get you and they really are interested in getting their stories straight their facts straight making sure that their reporting is rock solid they're professionals there are definitely reporters with agendas 
And Sharon, I think you'd agree that pretty much you know that the minute you start talking to Oh, you do know. Mm-hmm. And so there's tricks of the trade that help you to navigate those kinds of difficult interviews. But, you know, by and large, you know, reporters are not the experts on the topic. You are, and they count on you to help them tell their story as effectively and robustly as possible. Ah, your favorite word. Yeah, robust. Robustly. Robust. <laughs> Carol Deutscher, that's for you. <laughs> Absolutely. So what are most people afraid of whenever they're being interviewed? Okay. When you were president... And you did a lot of interviews. I did a lot of interviews. What was the number one thing you were Of course, being about? misquoted. Okay. Yeah, well, that's the big one. No question about it. And, and there's a wide variety of things, from fielding tough questions to saying the wrong thing to being set up. Uh, you're never, ever going to be able to take something back once you've said it. And a reporter doesn't know the words, this is off the record. record. Okay, That's the uh, number one thing you teach uh, us. Absolutely. Nothing so is off the record. Just don't say it if you don't want them to know about it. But you know, another one that CRNAs, I think, are concerned about, but don't really think about necessarily, is what their employers might think about them oh, in an interview. That's a good point. Or you know, other healthcare professionals in the facility, things like that. So you have to be cautious and know if your facility's PR department approves of Mm -hmm. you giving an interview so it's always wise to check that first wow now i I will yeah well another thing chris has taught me over the years if you have any fears that you might not know how to answer something you are your content expert Mm -hmm. and you know more than the reporter Mm -hmm. so be confident Mm -hmm. right be confident whenever you go into the situation because you do know your profession best what you're talking about best and I I think that was one of the most important things that you taught me it's definitely a confidence builder and I think with that board member that I was telling you about she experienced the same thing she realized they want to talk to me because I have something to say right and she was confident and she just killed it knocked it out of the park yeah I think they teach you that in public speaking too that even if you're on stage right you know what you're going to say even though in your head if you've messed up they don't have a clue just keep rolling with it I mean, exactly. That's what I do. Well, let's go back to the part about misquoting. Chris also taught me something to ask them can I see the article before it Mm -hmm. goes to press? And I've actually had reporters say, I will send it to you on my personal email, not my work email. Mm -hmm. And I have had reporters that I would correct and they would print exactly how I corrected it. Another thing that Chris taught me, I hope I'm not stealing any of your thunder here, (laughs) is, you know, I always keep a file on my computer and it's called for interviews. And I have CRNAs at a glance, all of the new data that you always put together. I have it with me as I'm doing my interview. And then before I close an interview, I'll say, you know what, I've got some stuff I've got to send to you that'll make your job so much easier and they love that wow. they love that so i'll send them crnas at a glance so they have their own fact checking because it is like chris says right. they want to be accurate mm-hmm. definitely they definitely do they count on you they count on you to help them tell the, the oh, story i like that mm-hmm. they yeah. do mm-hmm. that's yeah. exactly right well they have to i guess so, Chris, if you're a spokesperson, how important is the message that you're trying to deliver? It's critical. You don't want to just wing it if you can help it. Mm-hmm. Now, there will be scenarios 
where a reporter contacts you on a tight deadline. Maybe it's, like I said, at the State House in that other example, and mm-hmm. that's your only opportunity. So you, you have to kind of roll with it. And part of being a good spokesperson is being prepared and being an educator. And so, like Sharon was saying, if you stay up to date on your, your facts and issues, you should be okay. But ideally, you want to be able to take a little time and tell the reporter, can I call you back? What is your deadline? And kind of take control of the situation right from the outset. But having messaging that is consistent and spot on, and that, for instance, if you're on your state board of directors, everybody's on the same page and singing off the same song sheet. And we call those must airs. And when you have must airs, those are the messages you want to impart in the interview over and over and over again. So if they keep throwing you curveballs trying to get you to say something that you absolutely do not want to say because it's not correct, it's going to take the interview in the wrong direction. You just come back to your must airs. You wear those reporters down that way a little bit. Wear them down. <laughs> you know, I've always heard, too, I mean, if you're speaking, maybe before you answer that question, take a moment, mm. gather your thoughts. Is that something you teach as well? Oh, most definitely. Okay. Most definitely. You're not running a race. And especially if you're not live, for instance, right now, right. take a moment. Think about what you're going to say. Understand that they'll edit it as necessary. If it's a print interview, that's even better. So think about what you want to say before you say it. And a lot of interviews nowadays are done by email. Those are absolutely the best kind. Oh, but I hate them. I always hate it. Because <laughs> you don't like to write. I don't like to write. I don't. Sharon, for some reason, I think you'd rather talk. I don't know. I, I, I do. Just a you know, little I, do. I have. A- another thing that Chris taught me is when reporters would call, you've got a built-in answer. I've got to start another case. I've got to be in the operating room. Can I call you back? When is your deadline? As he said, and that gives you some time to get your information to kind of regroup. Um, Hey, listen, I'm going right back into the OR. Can you tell me the focus of your article real quick? And I will call you as soon as I get out. Well, I'm not in the OR, but (laughs) they don't need to know that. But it would give me time to gather my facts. And, you know, I hope the next person is as amazing as you are, Chris, because you always can call the AANA if you are called upon to do an interview. And so if there was something that I might not have all the information, I just put in a call to Chris. And that was even before I was AANA president. I mean, I've been calling you since, what, 1990. Oh my Eight. gosh! I think she might be the first person I talked to. I know. I about worried you to death. <laughs> well, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And don't feel like you can't have notes in front of you unless you're on TV. Mm-hmm. You can have your notes in front of you, a glass of water. Make yourself as comfortable as possible. And the other thing he taught me is when you are talking to a reporter over the telephone and they're always typing he said when they quit typing and you quit hearing that type shut up (laughs) Uh, you know he told me that because he felt the freedom but (laughs) he he did but he's true you can hear them typing as they're interviewing you and just shut up whenever they stop typing because they've got their quote already 
do not keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about a few of the techniques mm-hmm. um, for navigating an interview. Well, there's three techniques that are pretty much universally taught, and they might be called different things, but flagging, hooking, and bridging are the general terminology. Mm-hmm. You watch most of our politicians, and they are using these techniques mm-hmm. in one way or another, and some are very very good. Bill Clinton. We always Clinton. looked at videos yes. of him in yes. media training. And politics aside, you just look at him and don't look at him, whether he's Democrat, Republican, you just go, wow, this man can yep. kill an interview. You are not kidding. You know? And yeah, his mom was a CRNA, so there it was go. all good Even stuff better. Too, but, but flagging is the most basic technique. We all do it, all the time, naturally. So I think I even said to you a couple of times, Jeremy, that's a great question. That's a flag. And basically what I'm doing for the audience or for the reporter or whatever the case might be is just saying, this is a good question. I want to answer this question and uh, thank you for asking it. Just by saying, that's a great question. What you don't want to do though is overuse it mm-hmm. and use it when it's not a great question. There's all kinds of bad examples, but don't do that. Yes. So that's flagging. Number two is called hooking. And hooking is... It's not what you think, Jeremy. (laughs) Sharon, I wasn't going to go there. Oh, my gosh. We digress. Um, Hooking is is the technique that a lot of teachers use. It's just a great way to organize your thoughts, but more importantly for the reporter or for anybody listening to you, even if you're giving testimony or whatever the case might be, you know, there are several ways to answer that question. So that's your hook, and then you list what those are. And you do it in a manner that it's very easy to record it if they're not recording it using a device. So uh, one, such and such. Two, such and such. Three, such and such. So nurse anesthetists are incredibly valuable to the U.S. healthcare system for a number of reasons. One, they ensure access to care. Two, they're incredibly safe, and research has shown that. And three, they're the most cost-effective anesthesia delivery model when they're working independently. So that's a hook. And hopefully the reporter is going to pick up on that and go in a different direction based on the information you gave him. And then the last one's the toughest one. And when you see somebody who's really mastered this skill, and Sharon was really good at it, it's called bridging. And it's when you get it, it's for good questions, bad questions, but particularly for difficult questions. You provide an answer, but a brief answer. And then you use something called a bridge to go to a question that you would rather answer And then you answer that. So why would I want a nurse to give my anesthesia instead of a doctor? Well, the answer is because why wouldn't you want a nurse anesthetist to give you your anesthesia instead of a doctor? But better question might be how safe are nurse anesthetists compared with other anesthesia providers? And the answer to that is such and such. Mm-hmm. So that's your that's your example, if you could follow that, because it's tricky. Absolutely. Yeah. But in the media training, we role play that, and we do training exercises, and we really drill it into people. Yeah. Oh, yes. You know, I've also heard it called pivoting. Yeah. So yeah. you're pivoting off of what you don't want to talk about and you just keep going back to your must airs and that's another point Chris always taught me write down my must airs before my interviews and I keep them right in front of me and I keep going back and that's how we control the interview I keep going back whatever it is well you know 
that's a question. However, you might want to ask yourself this. And mm. so I have gone totally off of what they want to talk about, and you control it, so we talk about what I want to talk about. I cannot imagine you wanting to take control. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. you know, this is a technique that you use in a lot of places, right, Chris? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I use, yeah. 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 <laughs> Relationships? I think you, you yeah. need to take this Definitely. class. I do. I'm you, sitting here thinking, gosh, maybe I'm going to hire Chris. I'm yeah. going to say that, Jeremy. Yeah. You should hire me because you could use a little fine-tuning. <laughs> See? See? I love but, it. But, <laughs> you know, even with politicians, I have politicians that know me very well, and they say, Sharon, you never talk about something that you don't want to talk about. And it's because yeah. Chris has taught me how to pivot. There you go. But I will say this about pivoting. If you're yes. going to do it, you better learn how to do it well because... A reporter, if you if you're oh not yes, good at it, he's going to keep coming back to that mm. question over and over That's and true. over again. Yeah. That's true. You're not going to fool anybody. Or the better question is that that was one of my favorite lines. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that always goes over well. Well, Chris, how do you handle? It? I mean, so many people get nervous in front of reporters or the media. Are there tips and ways? I mean, you you obviously have tips for everything, so I'm assuming there are to kind of calm yourself down and. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the key thing is it's all in your head, okay? I mean, I talked about a glass of water and getting your notes out and and getting in a quiet room and all that stuff, the physical stuff. But, again, have confidence. I mean, what's a reporter going to know about anesthesia and all the different aspects of it? You're the expert. Rely on that factor to just give you the confidence to answer questions. And, look, when I came here, I know you guys forever, still a little bit nervous i'm <laughs> sitting here with my face in a mic and the whole thing but it's been it's been great it's been great fun yeah. i have an expertise that i'm sharing and it's been fun to do yeah so tell us what are some do's and don'ts that you share whenever you're doing your spokesperson training wow there's a lot of do's and don'ts <laughs> um a don't that you said earlier is critical don't run on don't mm-hmm. uh, don't belabor your point it's just going to get you in trouble because something will leak out that the reporter is going to go, no, wait a minute, let's go back to what you said a minute ago. And you really didn't want to go there. Uh, don't overuse jargon. Don't overuse acronyms. Oh, I mean, that's a big oh one. Oh, my goodness. Makes your head spin in healthcare, right? That's um, why physicians are so poor at doing interviews because they use so much yes. jargon. Hmm. And nurses typically do a much better job. The first interview I ever did after spokesperson training, I testified at the Board of Medicine in North Carolina. I come straight out and I did a stand-up interview right there in the lobby. And I had three or four anesthesiologists standing there watching me as I'm doing the stand-up interview. And they continued a pretty good amount of time interviewing me. They turn around and go to interview one of the anesthesiologists and he says one thing and they go thank you sir and turn right around and walk off yeah yeah for sure Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah another one though and this is critical for our audience if you're going to be doing an interview don't just say i'm a crna say i'm a certified registered nurse anesthetist make sure they know exactly who you are Hmm. or certified registered nurse anesthesiologist if you're so inclined (laughs) that's really critical as well so but there's a ton of do's and don'ts there's no question about it are there other techniques for getting through these interviews that you want to kind of share with us 
I really think, Jeremy, and, I, and I'm violating one of the tenets of giving a good interview, and that is to never just let it end. Okay, you always have to have some compelling closure. <laughs> That's okay? it. You do. So you go back to your mustaches. But again, so if I'm going back to my muster, I would say just have the confidence to know that you're the expert and view an interview situation not as a terrifying experience, but as a golden opportunity to deliver a message that's going to advance the profession, advance yourself. I think that's just a really helpful way to get through a process that can be a little bit intimidating for people, no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is intimidating for the average person. Yeah. But CRNAs aren't average. No, I would say not. I would say not. <laughs> or certified registered nurse, nurse anesthetist. There you go. <laughs> you know, since I do have the mic, <laughs> I'd like to share a couple of things. Like Chris said, I have known him for 21 years, and there's definitely going to be a void whenever he leaves the AANA. But the good news is you're starting. This, what have you named your new business? Oh, thanks for asking. Um, the name of the company is Cross Dot Communications, and it stands for I cross all your T's and dot all your I's. Ooh, oh, I like that. And some of the things that you will be offering, I have a long list of things. Kimberly Gordon and I had lunch together today, and we were talking about some of the things. And what are some things that you're going to be able to offer to the states with this background that you have with our association so i hope you're going to work with our state associations and be available to them because we need you and all the things that you have learned over 21 years about us well i will definitely be available to the states whether i work with them is up to them but i would love to do that public relations in all of its aspects media training press releases op-eds any kind of public relations writing infographics fact sheets things like that so advocacy um, advocacy because you've been pushed over to the advocacy within the AANA for the last couple of years haven't you yeah it's been great I work under Lorraine Jordan Dr. Lorraine Jordan and uh, my colleagues Anna Poliak and Louis Rivera and Ralph Cole and Eva Grenier and oh my gosh it's just it's a great group down there and so doing advocacy PR specifically is something that I hope to continue to do I hope to continue to help them in their endeavors, and I will bring that to the table for any state association that needs that assistance. So, Well, if I can also share another thing, one of your skill sets, Chris, is when you're AANA president, there are a lot of things that are written with your name on it that you may not have actually written. Hmm. Now, most people don't know that because... Chris has the unique ability, which most speechwriters have, if you do a lot of reading about speechwriters, is being able to write in that person's voice. And Chris would send me stuff, of course, for me to sign off on it. And Lord, I think I've really written it because it sounds like me. And that's a real skill set to be able to write in somebody's voice so let's say in north carolina for instance the president of north carolina wants to do an op-ed on something chris could actually write the op-ed of course they get the byline (laughs) whoever that lucy knew in north carolina for instance will get that byline but chris did the writing and he'll make it sound like lucy knew wrote it it is amazing now i tell you right now if i go back and i look at things that come out whenever i was aana president i will not be able to know well yeah i will be able to know because he writes a lot better than i do (laughs) (laughs) that that he wrote it but it will sound just like me 
I'm thinking of him just coming out in your voice, and I've got this weird thing going on in my head right now. Well, so, Jeremy, I got to yeah. tell you, she's absolutely right, and that that has always been a fun thing, and it, and it's what you have to love to do as a PR person. I know your name's not going to be on things, right. but one yeah. time Sharon said, "I wrote just like who's the guy who wrote the Notebook." Oh, Nicholas Sparks. I wasn't real wild about that, to be perfectly honest with him. Like, you write like a girl so, when you need to. <laughs> He's in touch with all sides. Yeah, That's there you it. Go. There That's you good. go. Well, Chris, we want to thank you for being here. Wish you all the best of luck in your new endeavors. Thank and, you, sir. Uh, Don't change you. your cell phone number. I won't. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> we will definitely miss you, though. Sharon, I think this is it for Chicago. I think... We have been blown away by Chicago. Chicago's been great. Well, I think it's a wrap. We want to thank Chris for being here. Thank you. Thank our listeners for listening to Beyond the Mask with Jeremy Stanley and... Sharon Pierce. If you're a fan, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Please rate us. Leave us a positive review. We want no negative reviews. <laughs> please share our episodes on social media to get the word out. It's a wrap. Like what you're hearing? Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group. Today's show was made possible by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. And thanks for your support of Beyond the Mask. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible and we would appreciate your support.